This is Two Blokes Talking Electric Cars with Stephen Fennec and Trevor Long. Thanks to NRMA Insurance and Uniden. Welcome to Two Blokes Talking Electric Cars. Trevor Long, Stephen Fennec, and we do it thanks to the great people. Proudly brought to you this show by NRMA Insurance, helping over 3 million people across Australia protect the things they care about. And Uniden Smart Dash Cams, Australia's best dash cam, according to CanStar Blue. They scored a five-star rating in all categories, value for money, video quality design, memory storage capacity, user-friendliness, and overall satisfaction. So get yourself a Uniden Dash Cam, and we thank both Uniden and NRMA Insurance for helping us make the show happen. Stephen. G'day, Trevor. You are a long-time EV owner, having owned both a Tesla Model S and now Mercedes EQE. Yes, so I'm up to my second EV now. Uh, and, yeah, I've got to say, I've uh, been, yeah, it's been nearly six years since yeah. I've uh, got into my first EV. I had driven some before I bought my own, as, as did you. Yep. But uh, I think, mate, this is the way forward for us. I, I'm never going to drive a petrol car ever again. So uh, I think this is... Uh, Great, very topical podcast for people who are maybe in the same boat. They're thinking maybe do we buy our first EV or buy your second EV? You might be uh, at that stage where you're considering it. So you're at the right place now to hear about all the latest news and uh, all, all this uh, information we can help you with uh, making that decision. Like Stephen said, I've been driving electric cars since the first Tesla arrived in Australia in, what did we do? We agreed a couple of weeks ago, it was 2014. Yeah. I've driven probably every model that's that's been released in Australia and I now own the Cooper Born. So I'm all in. I've got the charger, getting the solar panels. It's all <laughs> happening at my house as well. So yep. we, we don't want to profess to be the only experts or that we know everything, but we want to share our ownership experience as well as the experience of, of driving them. Um, also, because we'll get to review plenty of cars, um, we'll give you our experiences in the cars that you might look to buy. And we're keen to hear from you as well. If you're an EV owner and you want to share yeah. your experience, we've got a bunch of people who've already reached out. We'll grab some people, get them on the show, and we'll have a, uh, a phone conversation about exactly you know their thoughts and views yeah. on owning an EV. Because I think those of, are valuable learnings. Absolutely. Yeah. I found uh, that when I was speaking to other owners, and even myself now as an owner, where other people are asking me the questions, yeah. they want to know my experience. They, they, they all ask sort of the same sort of questions about the range and how where do you charge it yeah. and have you ever run out of battery and all these sorts of things. So uh, I think having all this information, not just from us, but from other owners that are just into a new car, maybe they've been driving it for a couple of years, and all types of cars too, not just the, the top of the line expensive luxury cars, but all 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 models of cars from the most affordable all the way through to the most expensive. Well, let's kick it off with the EV News of the Week. Now, Stephen, uh, I would argue, and we've driven the Polestar 2 very recently, the Polestar is yep. selling very well in Australia. Yes. Um, you're not, not certainly not second to, uh, to Tesla because BYD yeah. would take that title. But, yep. you know, for a luxury car um, from the, the Volvo group of companies, uh, sister company to Volvo, yep. um, it's, it's, it's kicked off very well it in is. Australia. It's, uh, it's striking. Uh, the, the, the Polestar, when it first came out, couple of years ago now. Oh, yeah. I remember that I had a car to drive a few months before the official launch, mm. and I literally had people stopping me yes. in the street to say, what is that? Well, because I think there's something about it. Forget its electric nature. It's actually a really well-designed yeah. car, so it's it's got that, you know, Volvo design studio European heritage sort of look. look. To it, yeah. 
And I also think some of the reason for their success is the design. Uh, Absolutely. It's not as jarring or as futuristic, perhaps, as a Tesla. And that's why I'm really excited about the Polestar 4. Now, we've just got news in the last week that the Polestar 4, while we've known about the car, the Polestar 4, I saw it at CS in Las Vegas in January, and the Polestar 3. The Polestar 4 is weirdly sits in between the two and the three on both price and size. Yeah. The three is more of an SUV. The two is a very much a, a sedan. sedan. Yep. This is more a sporty, yeah. stylish coupe. coupe. And it is, yeah. it's a good look. So at how they described it, coupe, mm-hmm. but the space of an SUV. Uh, you yeah. remember SUV is very popular type of car yeah. in Australia. So it's uh, the I think they're trying to take the best of both worlds here for that the design and also for that the the sheer space inside. And I've got to say, the design it looks a cracker. And one of the things they've done when you see the Polestar four in the flesh, let alone the photos that you can find at Stephen's website techguy.com.au and mine eftm.com. There's something um, strategic they've done with the back seat, which is it's lifted a bit, right? Which gives you that SUV feeling, which I think probably also adds space for batteries and things, but ignore that for the moment. But when you lift the rear seat, you create a problem for the driver. They can't see out the back window. (laughs) No problem here. (laughs) There is no back window. Okay, the Polestar 4 has no rear window, which means that you only have the option of a digital rear view mirror, which is not uncommon in in modern luxury cars. Um, I've driven many a car with a digital rear view mirror. A lot of digital side mirrors too, obviously. Takes a lot to get used to though, I will be honest with you folks. But the thing is, this is wild to me because they got rid of the glass at the back, but it's still got glass all the way on the roof. So. Nothing to stop the beautiful sun and the and the view coming in, but this they've done this rear part so that they can essentially package the car to give it that coupe look, the yeah. SUV size or space. Gives it a, gives it a good nice stance yeah. as well. Yeah, but I think having the elevated back seat too just makes use of the easier for the passengers to look yeah. over the front passengers' heads and the driver's head to see the view. There'd be no one that sees this car and describes it as an SUV, but I think Polestar wants you to believe that it has the interior feeling of, say, Model Y. Yeah. Let's be real. Model Y is the number one selling yeah. electric car in Australia. Uh, it is probably one of the number one selling small SUVs in Australia, but it's really just about space. It's not about yeah. going off-road and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. This thing is a sleek coupe design it's a four-door um so it's not you know two-door coupe it's a four-door you know it's about the the length of a polestar 2 so it's, yeah. it's got the length it's it four, doesn't have 4. a, a 8, short hatchback yeah, nearly nearly five meters long 4.84 meters hmm. long so it's not small but it has the same as the polestar 2 it, it is a hatchback in yes. a sense i hate using the word hatchback in this situation because i think of a ford laser or a v-dub golf <laughs> as a hatchback you know yeah. but this has a has a boot but the whole rear what would be a window comes up and gives you the boot as well. I think now that this thing, as I said, is priced above the Polestar 2, so more expensive than a Polestar yep. 2, but it is cheaper than what will be the Polestar 3 when it when it comes. Yep. It's The reason for this news is we've known about this car, but it's now available to order yes. um, by Australians. Delivery by when? They, deliveries will start, they hope, in August. August, yeah. They're, now, so it's, it's weird because the they're already making it and delivering it in China, but yep. production for Europe and Australia will be in August. Yeah. $81,500 for the single range, single motor long range. So yep. that's going to give you the most um, the most range uh, from the single motor. 
whereas yep. there's also a dual motor which will give you slightly less range and more performance if that's right. what you want, and well, that'll be $93,000. Performance, uh, it can uh, zero to 103.8 seconds. Yeah. Is that something, just a question without notice, <laughs> is that something you reckon drivers are going to, is that a factor in their decision? Like are, oh, there, really? are there people who, who care that you can go zero to 103.8 seconds? I think there might be a sector of the... Of Definitely. The, I know a lot of Tesla drivers, I know my Model S could go zero to 100 yeah, in like ridiculously short time. You do is tell your mates about it, and yeah. you give them one demonstration of it, and then it plays and that's it. zero role yeah. in the life of the car. Yeah. Now, I don't think people buy cars with zero to one hundred in mind unless they're thinking about doing track days and drag days. Yeah, because they are. They tend to be more expensive, of course, cars that with, with that type of performance. So, mm. uh, that that's that's another another box to tick if you're looking at a car. I think what 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 really matters in the naught to one hundred space is the electric is always better than petrol or diesel. And no matter what, mate, I've driven, even, we'll talk about the MG4 later, even that has punch off the line. Yes, it does. When you compare it to a similarly priced or sized petrol car, right? Yep. So I think that what you're going to get, Polestar, the thing that I love most about the Polestar 2 is... A fit and finish interior. Yeah, it's it's really high nice. quality. Yeah, uh, it's a great ride, like yep. a really good drive. I think a better yep. drive than a Tesla, and I think the Polestar Four could well yeah. could well be a standout at that price point. And just to the, I think you mentioned the interior. It, it does have that sort of nice luxury feel, and it's not like yeah. you know. And look, the Tesla. A lot of people. It's either a love or hate thing with the Tesla. <laughs> the minimal, the minimal sort of less is more approach that Tesla yeah. has. I don't think not everyone's a fan. Others think it's the best thing in the world. Yeah, I, I do like the fact that the Polestar does give you a little bit more than that. Uh, what about battery? There's the hundred kilowatt hour battery fitted for both long range versions. Long mm. range, uh, we're talking up to five hundred and eighty kilometer range. Yeah, for the single that, motor, that's pretty Five eighty is that's really unbelievable. Good. Yeah, that's really good. And just as a sign of how far we've come. I, I got this question quickly on the radio recently about a someone was complaining about their Mini, as in the, the BMW Mini car, Mini yeah. Mini Cooper, electric. Yeah. And they were like, oh, I'm an Uber driver or something, and I'm only getting 200 k's range. Well, it only had 230 k's range when it was released four yeah. years ago. So <laughs> I don't know what yeah. you're expecting, but that's how far we've come. You know, yeah. We are now at a point where cars are easily getting close to the 600 yeah, k well, mark, and it's only going to get better. 610, they're saying, with the uh, the other version of the car as well. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's uh, that's a factor. I think that's one of the things that people look for. You, funny enough, when you buy when you were buying a petrol car, you never asked, well, how far can it go on a full no. tank? Ever. Ever. Because you know, of course, there's petrol stations, there's petrol stations everywhere. everywhere. People are now <laughs> concerned about the range of EVs because they know that uh, if, if in a situation where they need to push through to the next town, yeah. they need to know that they've got the range. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so the Polestar 4 is on sale now in Australia. If you've got 80-odd grand and you want a really nice-looking uh, EV, then that's a great one to consider. Yeah, the 15.4-inch screen too. Really love that yeah. as well. Uh, other In other news, we've seen uh, there's a new Tesla on the horizon. Mm. Uh, there's some, there was some news out of Reuters to talk about the Project Redwood. Right. And what they're talking about here, they're talking about a cheap, a cheaper Tesla. So we're talking the a Model 2, which was reportedly going to go into production in 2025. So you can just imagine the market now, this is Tesla's move to ward off 
BYD, all those cheaper brands that are sort mm. of that are sort of eating into their market share. Because at the moment, I think Tesla's still considered a more premium car, where they're more expensive than other a lot of other models. And so I think this is Tesla's reply to that that the uprising of BYD and all these other brands. Like, you know, BYD has the Dolphin, the 803, the Seal, where. They're all, and especially the seal. The seal, I think, was priced to undercut the Model Three. Oh, mate! It the was seal. It's, a, right. it's, is it's sharp. It's the same category as the Model Three. By the way, a lot of people really yeah. love the look of the seal. Now it's, it's out on the yeah, road. Yeah. Absolutely, I've seen a few, and it is an eye catcher. It yeah. is really nice looking car. I know a lot of. I know a couple of people that have bought it. Yeah, that are the behind the wheel. So Tesla's res- response to that. Is is going to the Model Two? The Project Redwood is sort of the, the the name for the team name for it, yep. but it's likely to be launched as the Model Two and not till twenty twenty five. So another year before we see this cheaper Tesla on the road. Yeah, I don't want to be that guy, <laughs> but you know what that really means? Twenty twenty seven, twenty eight. Oh, okay, so I mean, you're thinking yeah. the Cybertruck just rolled <laughs> off the production line in limited quantity, and we were in. Korea yes, I in twenty eighteen or 2019, one of those. Yes. So that took five or six years to go from yeah. concept project yeah. to delivery. Okay, mate. And also the other thing, I'm not, I'm not trying to be negative <laughs> off the off the bat, but I do have my concerns about the Tesla organization in many ways of, of the way they announce things. Yeah. The Model Three was meant to be far cheaper than it is. Yeah. You know, I, I put my name down for a Model Three. I paid money to put my name down for a Model Three, thinking that it would be a fifty low fifty thousand dollar car. Yes. It never was, never ever was. Mm. So they're a little bit off the mark sometimes when making promises. So I would, I would well, caution that. You do. We do know that. Well, the Model Three is here already. We're seeing, we're seeing the new shape Model Three on the road. Have you seen yeah. a few of them already? Yeah. Uh, so we we know where that sits. And so before, when you were talking about the pricing, there was nothing to compare it to. No, that's true. So now we know where the Model 3 is going to sit. So this can only sit underneath that. Yeah, I know, how, how much cheaper, how aggressive they can get with pricing. But to be aggressive, yeah. you want to be at the forty dollars to $45,000 mark, whereas I think a Model 2 might be at forty five to fifty five, dollars yeah. which is still going to sell big numbers. Absolutely. Let's be yeah. real. They've got yeah. the brand. Tesla has yeah, the brand. The brand power. Yeah, look at how totally. many they're selling. I'm, yeah. I'm being a nut because look at how many they're selling, yeah. right? At, at sixty to eighty, ninety thousand yeah. dollars for a like Model Y. Everywhere you look is a Model Three or a Model Y. Yeah, it's changing though. Very popular. There's a lot of yeah. cars on the road well, now. I'm seeing more Pole Stars. Yeah, I'm seeing more BYDs too. Yeah. BYD. Mate, wow. I'm yeah. blown away by how many yes. seals I've seen lately. And the Auto yes. Three is just going great guns. And, and again, I don't want to be classist, but also yeah. I think the further you get out of classist. the the inner city. <laughs> I yes. think there's there's more BYDs because there's more people who are just looking for value as opposed yeah. to the brand. Yeah, true. And uh, yeah, no, I think that and this is good. This is good for everyone because it it does create competition. Oh, 100 percent. It creates the opportunity for customers to think. Okay, six years ago when I bought my Tesla. There was only the was Model S. Basically was, the only there choice. Was, there was that or nothing. Yeah. So yeah. now it's a completely different story. So much choice now from all price ranges. Just to put in perspective the choice, we have two cars a week, yes. electric cars a week booked for months ahead. <laughs> there are that many cars on the road for us to choose from and yep. for you to choose from and not just individual cars, but the makes and models within them, the different variants. So lots of big stuff coming. And I think big news from Tesla and Polestar is a great way yeah. to kick off the first episode of Two Blokes Talking Electric Cars.
All right, Stephen. We we want to spend a bit of time as regular as we can informing, yep. educating, and myth-busting, whatever we can Absolutely. with regards to EVs. Because yep. often these will be great water cooler conversations for you as well because a lot of people are doubters just out of the out of the, out of of the the gate. Yeah, I've spoken to a few of those over the yeah. years. Yeah. So let's talk today about what to think about yeah. with when you're, going, you, you're thinking about buying an EV. Forget the cars. Yeah. What to think about with regards to charging, right? Yes. Now, I want to talk firstly about where you live because it stuck with me solidly. I was in... Stockholm, I think it was, for the launch of the Mercedes-Benz EQS, the first ever, uh, e- sorry, EQC, first ever Mercedes-Benz electric car. It was yep. it was unbelievable. It was a big deal for them. And I remember them, you know, big presentation, all that kind of glossy stuff. But I remember them talking about, you know, investing in a charging network because at the time it was all about Tesla's charging network. Yeah. And then talking about how they their data was and the, the broad industry data was that 96% of charging happens at home and here's the first thing i say to people when it comes to charging they go i don't know how to do this i say listen when was the last time you forgot to charge your iphone or your samsung yeah that's the way you need to think about your electric car when you get home you plug it in plug it in so the great thing is that that doesn't even require you to spend money at home you most electric cars come with if they don't it's a couple of hundred dollars for what, what they often refer to as a granny charger, which is a trickle charger. You plug yeah. it into a normal Goes into PowerPoint, a normal PowerPoint yeah. and it converts itself into a, the type type 2. Plug yeah. it into your car and it might take two days to charge full, but you only drove 50Ks today. Yeah. So by the time you wake up in the morning, it's back to where it's it like, was. I think the, the thinking has to go back to, uh, like, it's not like every time, you, if you when you were driving your petrol car, Whenever you drove past a petrol station, you never thought, oh, I better fill up again. That's right. Because you had a full tank. Yeah. So I think similar thinking has to be go towards an EV. But my my similar to you, I tell people, consider where you can charge it. If you want to do the granny charging, the trickle charging. Because yep. the next step up from that is installing a, charger. a charger at home. Yeah. We so both we, did that recently. Yeah, I did that. I went with my Tesla. They were at the time, they gave you a charger with yep. the car. So well, I, I had a Tesla charger. <laughs> I put that up on the wall, got my electrician friend to install it, and I had charging in my driveway. So I often tell people, if you're considering an EV, consider where you can charge it. Home is the best place to charge. No doubt. And that's work where the majority of your too. charging will where, be. Where you work, maybe, there might be a charger in your in your facility, in your building, in your factory, wherever you happen to some, work. Some workplaces yeah. will incentivize that. In fact, you yeah. might get a solid parking spot out of it. That might that might work too. Also, you might shop in, in, a, in a center that has a lot of charges. Mm-hmm. So I think consider where you drive often. And that's probably, I think, a good rule of thumb to think, okay, well, it's never going to be an issue for me to charge. That's right, yeah. yeah. I think that when you understand your – it's the same as we, we've talked about when you buy a mobile phone and you're changing networks. Yeah. I remember Vodafone, <laughs> and they still do, I think, have this network guarantee thing where they say to you, well, you're switching to our network. Where do you live? Yep. Where do you work? And they look it up on the map and say, well, yeah. good good coverage. That's It'll where be you're going to be using it. Yeah, good point. Yeah, so yeah. think about the same thing. Yeah. Where do you go often? What's the what's the average trip you make? Because it's only, and we're going to talk in a minute about planning a trip, it's only for most people when you're doing something out of the ordinary, which yeah. is going for a drive to visit a, a relative in a distant place yeah. or whatever. That go on a holiday. It's not yeah. a weekly thing for you. No. It's those weekly things that matter. And remember this, 
you're plugging it in, even if it's not every night, you plug it in every second or third day. Yeah. You're not required to charge your car to 100%. You're not required to let it go down to zero. You're not required to have any certain amount. It's just as long as you've got enough for the day. Yeah. It's just a different mindset because, as you said earlier, we don't look at petrol cars as having a certain amount no. of range left. No. We just think it's near empty and time to charge. That is... That is mm. the thing to get out of your mind. But I think there there might be some factors that might play against you. There might be you might live in an apartment. Spot on. So yeah. if you live in an apartment, you think, well, I've got a, I've got a, a parking spot, but there's nowhere to charge my car. Does the do you need to talk to the Strata? Has Strata already assigned a, a charging spot for the or for the building? Have Strata already or, said it's a big no no in this building yes. because you know there's and we'll talk about this in the future the yeah. risks of fire and things like that. There are some Stratas that through fear and or research have decided yeah. they're not going to allow that in the building. Yeah. So. If you don't have off-street parking, what do you yeah, do? exactly. No, plenty of people that live point. in inner-city yeah, areas, yep. they're all relying on plenty of spots around and they're all parking on the street. But what do I do? So yeah. that's where – and this will evolve very quickly over the next two years because governments are investing in this. Yeah. The, certainly the New South Wales government has a large investment program that is targeting inner-city areas. Yeah, I think they're saying that the, there'll, be no, there'll be charges within five kilometres of each other and within 100 kilometres of each other in rural areas. Yeah. So that's, I think, the New South Wales government directive yes. there. But other states are taking up the same, the same plans as well. And like I said before, compared to six years ago, it's a lot different. There were a lot more places to charge today than there were back yeah. back when I first got mine. But uh, Tesla had their supercharger network, which is now open to other brands of cars. Most it was of exclusively it. just uh, to Tesla. Mm. But now, in in like on, on those long trips, the the t- superchargers in the country, most of those are Some available. Are opening to, up. Yeah. it's to, happening uh, slowly, but they're brands. getting there. Yeah. And look, so so for us, I think one of the key points before you. You know, take, bite the bullet on the on the EV is yeah. how am I going to charge it? Because the last thing you want to do is be yeah. the guy on social media who's running a, 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 a power cord across the footpath. Okay, <laughs> don't be that guy. Yeah, don't be That's that guy. That's critical. Yeah. So then let's move on to one of the other really critical things about the EV, which goes to what we just talked about, which yep. is those extraordinary trips, those holidays, those travel yep. times. Right. So planning a trip now. I will give the most credit in the world to Tesla's integration, Apple style. You know, we make the hardware, we make the software. Yes. Tesla do it all from the ground up. And so from the get-go, in 2014, if and I remember driving from Brisbane to Adelaide in a Tesla Model X, it would probably be 2017 or so, and you, you could plot the trip and it would tell you where to stop, yep. how long to stop for, and what your state of charge would be when you stopped. That's brilliant, but it doesn't exist in most electric yeah. cars. Now, some, not all. Some yeah. will tell yeah. you, some will just have a GPS system, the normal yeah. maps, where yeah. instead of just having petrol station as an option, you can find charging yeah. stations. Some, I remember the Hyundai Ionic, which we broke down on the way to Bathurst in, <laughs> had a map and it had like a, a circle that would that was drawn. Like it had your, your, and then a green circle as to where you could go. Like just a circle so on a, a map. a range circle. Just a range circle, okay. right? Yeah. But it didn't have the planning around okay. that. So my advice is every charging network, and it's again, it's the rethink of your mind. There's BP, Shell, all these petrol yeah. companies. When you talk electric, there's the same. You got EV, you got yeah. ChargeFox, you got Tesla, you got all these different networks. Yeah. BP, Ampol, yeah. they're all going to have charging apps and charging stations. You really need. My advice is to use a thing called PlugShare. It's a brilliant website. Yeah. Also has an app. Uh, apps great. Yeah. Which has CarPlay integration. It's yeah. actually quite simple it's not the best looking interface it's nothing amazing to look at but if you say i'm going from here to here 
it'll show you everything from where the charging stations are, but also it'll show elevation. Yeah. So it'll show you how with uphill and downhill. And you can then save that trip, bring it up in your yep. phone, open that up in in the, in the CarPlay app, and then launch it into your mapping system I, I and do, off you go. I have been using that app for quite a while, and it does tell you things like the number of charges at the particular place. You, yes. you might be, there might be two, four. Yes. It'll tell you also, it'll direct you how to get there. Often the users leave photos so yes. you can see what it looks like. That helps you. Like trying to find a new charger, especially in a shopping center, it's a bit hard. So it tells you about that. It also, I think, does the app even tell you if the ports are occupied as it, well? It doesn't tell you if they're no, occupied. But what happens live, is, yeah. what I do is I say I'm going to here and I'm going to use this charger and that charger. And then yeah. I open up the app of those networks, which yes. nearly always and they will, tell you, will yeah. tell you that. Now, yeah. if you go to one that is either so old or whatever reason it doesn't have that availability thing, here's the other great thing about PlugShare. Because of the community of users, it's not everyone, but lots of people, if so, on my way to Mum's most recently, the scone charger was was inoperable. Right. Said someone had left a review saying not not working. Oh. You know, so, oh, so I you knew. Could read that. I knew to expect that it wouldn't be working. I still okay. stopped and checked and yep. left my own review to say it's still not working, so the next person would yeah, know. Right. Yeah. But yeah, that's, yeah, helping each other out, isn't it? That's yeah, that's, 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 the, that's an important part of the community. And here's yep. it goes back to what we've talked about before, and we'll talk about again is the etiquette, which is it allows you yeah. then to say I'm going to be gone soon and stuff like that. So. Yep. Planning a road trip, yeah. not as easy as it is in a petrol car. A hand on heart, I get it, yeah. because you're not just saying I'm going from here to here and we've got to stop for lunch. You do need a bit more planning, but it, I think it makes the road trip a little bit more interesting and enjoyable Absolutely, at yeah. times. You yeah. can make fun with it with your family, make and, a game and, of it. And often when it's time to charge, it's probably time to have a break anyway. So yeah. grab a coffee, grab some lunch, and yeah. then by the time you've had your feed, you're ready to go. We, we should do a really long road trip one day. Bring and, it on, mate. And because the last time I did an EV road trip was I, uh, I drove the Porsche Taycan from Melbourne to Sydney. Ooh. Seriously, I, I needed to stop more than it did. <laughs> like, really? I'm that old that I can't endure three hours on the <laughs> road. Had to go to the bathroom. Did no, you just to get tired, then to stretch the legs. Oh. Got to, just got to get well, out. You can share you know? the driving, mate. Oh, I don't know that I want still... to be trapped in a car with you for 10 <laughs> you hours. I was thinking about just walkie-talkies, maybe. <laughs> oh, you mean separate cars? Ah, yes. oh, okay, like we did before. Oh, I'm sorry. I misunderstood that one. I thought we were pilot, co-pilot and swap. But no, I, I, I hear you now. We'll do two oh, different I agree. cars. We'll do two different cars for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> it's official. The two blokes talking electric cars road trip. Yeah, it's um, coming. We'll be separate cars, and uh, and that's yeah. best for that's best for our friendship more than yeah, anything else. Exactly right. Uh, if you've got thoughts on the things you want to hear from us in terms of the things that we might be able to help you understand, if you are an owner and you've got input on these things, we absolutely want to hear from you. So get in touch with us. You can get in touch with us very easily via each of our respective websites: techguide.com.au for Stephen, efgm.com for me, and send us an email. We'll uh, we'll put together the list and we're going to have a drivers and owners on very yep. soon so that we can just have five minutes just yep. five minutes of your time you to can understand, be on the show yeah to understand yep. what you love about your ev and what you hate because i think it's good to share with people Absolutely. the ups yeah. and the downs of ev transparency ownership. full transparency here we want to hear from you and that's what we have here on two blokes talking electric cars
Two Blokes Talking Electric Cars is proudly supported by Uniden, and they've just released the Uniden Dashview 60 Plus. This is their first 5K resolution what? dash cam. 5K, even more detail. 150 degree wide angle front facing camera as well. It's got the Sony Starvis sensor. That means a lot because. It works well during the day, during the night, all types of lighting conditions. That's the whole idea of having a dash cam so I can record everything that happens on the road and now in 5K resolution. So check that out, the the dash view range. There are others. There's also the iGo cam range as well. Uh, Uniden has got you covered on the road for all your dash cam needs. Now, speaking of transparency, we're not just going to talk fully electric cars on this show. We are also going to talk about, um, what, how does BYD describe it? It was in that article about Tesla. Um, new energy vehicles, yep. I think was how it was described, because BYD was announced as being the number one seller of new energy, new vehicles, energy vehicles, which would include battery electric, fuel cell, yeah. hydrogen electric, Hi- and also yeah. hybrid and plug-in hybrid. Yep. I wonder if standard hybrid is included in that, because I don't think, BYD would outsell Tes, um, Toyota's so. yeah. hybrid cars. So let's Absolutely. just call them plug-in hybrids. Yep. We have in the garage this week the Mazda CX-60, which is a tall, uh, very very tall sides. That's what's oh. striking about it to me. It's, it feels okay. very narrow and tall, right. uh, but it's a plug-in hybrid. So okay. here's what's fascinating about it from my first couple of days, and, and you'll have a look at it you know, yep. over the next couple of days, is it has a range calculator for petrol and electric combined. Yep. So when you run your electric down, because a plug-in hybrid is a great option for people yeah. who can't afford to go fully electric, but also for people who are just not keen on going fully yeah. electric. But it gives you that ability to the run to the shops. Most people, the run to work, can be done in EV mode. So in yeah. most of these cars, and the Mazda is one of them, you can be in sport mode, but you can be in EV mode, which means you're fully electric until the battery's gone, and then you're back in petrol then mode. you kick in with the petrol. Here's what's fascinating about the Mazda CX-60. 480 Ks of petrol range. Oh. And 50 k's of, of battery oh, range. Okay. So actually, like I was, it was interesting because I picked it up almost empty, and then I filled it up, and I went, oh, only f-, like I I thought to myself, only 480 yeah. k's of petrol range because you think of people saying that petrol is the thing that's going to get yeah. you further, but actually, like my Cooper's got 511 Absolutely. k's of range. Yeah, yeah. so my, my car's got 580 or 90 certain k's as well. But it yeah. goes to your point earlier of yeah. range is a different beast when you can yeah. fill up every five minutes. That's right? true. That's true. So that's that's what you'll be taking. So will home. I make it home on the if I decide to make it home from your if you your, if you keep it in studio here in the country if you keep I make it, it in EV mode you will make it home. I'll just make it home. Just yeah. crawl, crawl. Yes, you will make it. <laughs> it's not that far, is it? It's less than 50, 50 k's away. Now the other car we've been driving yep. are the MG four models, and we've we've yeah. still got another one to go. But we've been we've been sampling a couple of different uh, yeah. variants. Yep. And this is this is the first uh, car made by MG that's f- was designed from the ground up yeah. as an EV. Yep. So the previous model, the, the ZS EV, was basically their petrol vehicle that was converted to with an electric motor. Yep. A little great, drove great, but this has been an EV from the drawing board. Yep. And it is a five-door hatch, uh, more compact car, mm-hmm. uh, but still, uh, and various models and, and various prices as well, like starting as low as 38990 So yeah. that's uh, I think this is attractive to that that driver who can't afford to buy a Model 3 but wants to buy something that's reliable and an electric and fully electric. I was pretty impressed yeah. with the size of it, to be honest, because yeah, I think spacious, the BYD yeah. Dolphin, which is priced the same, yep. is smaller. Right. 
So we haven't driven yeah. it yet, but I, I'm I've pretty driven, sure it's a much smaller car. I've had a long, I've had a few. I've driven, I think, three of these, and hmm. I, I'm like, I'm not a little guy. I fit in this car yeah. really easily. A lot of headroom. Yep, uh, and a lot of space around you too, because not having that drive train, a lot, a lot of that's that the other thing. Options. A lot of thing drive has got to get used to, like the the big hump in the middle of your car is gone when when you got an EV. So there's a bit more room to do things, yeah. uh, you know, for cup holders and storage spaces and various things like that. So this makes use of that very well. I think yeah, yeah. so it gives you a lot of space in the car. And I think yeah. they're doing very well because I've seen a few of them on yeah. the road. So I think their sales yep. are, are really kicking on because yeah. I think they've gone for volume and they need. Yeah, this is the thing, Australia. You, need. you just need to supply the cars at a good price, yeah. like BYD's been doing. That's and it really, that's, too, yeah. that's got to be MG's target, right? Yeah. Their target has to be to yeah. outsell the equivalent price car, and which is the yeah. Dolphin. I think they probably will. I haven't looked at the... Well, let's discount the December numbers. In a few weeks, yeah. we'll look at the January numbers and see. But yeah. I reckon MG4 will probably outsell the Dolphin. Um, I just... Because I think on size, it's a better value car, yeah. most likely. And it gives you more options, too. Like It's like the iPhone. You can, you can buy an iPhone. Yeah. You can buy the iPhone Pro, the iPhone Pro Max. There's various... Like, if you want to get a car that's got more range, is fast, goes 0 to 100 faster, there's options all along the line here I didn't as mention, well. I didn't yeah. mention in the intro, for people that are very new to two blokes. Yeah. This is not our only podcast. Yeah, we do a tech podcast. <laughs> two blokes you. talking tech. Yeah. So that's why the references to so much technology. But yeah. <laughs> You may have heard of us. Uh, We've been around for a while. Don't you know who he is? Um, But I will say this, though. I, and again, this comes from a place of, you know, I've always had a a penchant for, you know, European cars. You're a European car guy as well. Oh, yeah, love them. I do feel the quality of the MG, and it's not not to my liking. Okay. Like, I would... I, I don't. I couldn't. I probably couldn't own one because I just feel like I. I, I can feel the plastics and I can feel yeah, the quality. Yeah. But I. But I totally appreciate that. That's yeah. been. That's a price thing. You can't get. The I spent far more money on my little Cupra, which yeah. is a smaller car than the MG, yeah. because I wanted. I wanted the the materials. I wanted yeah. the fit and finish. And while the fit and finish of the MG is top class, yeah, it's the quality materials that are that are yeah, at that right. price point. Well, it's 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 again. I'm going to use a tech tech reference here. It's like the, you you can either buy an entry level smartphone, which is doesn't quite have the same premium look and feel, mm. or you can buy the top of the line and has which is made of nicer materials. But mate, take they it, do the same thing. Take that analogy to the yeah. next level. Yeah, Pre- value smartphones are getting so much oh, yeah. better. And I think that's what's happening. A value car is happening the same way. Absolutely right. Yeah. I think if you've, if it's been 10 years since, and this is a really critical thing about people buying a car, if it's been 10 years since you bought a new car and your decision is to buy an MG4 because you want to go electric, you'll be like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Like it has everything that you could want for. And that's where people get impressed with the MG because they're selling to people not who used to own a Tesla or a BMW. They're selling to people who haven't had a new car for a little while. And like the MG4, the X power, so the, the, the goes 0 to 100 is 3.8 seconds. That, that's sort of Tesla material yeah. right there, Tesla speeds. But you're not paying anywhere near as much as a, as a Tesla Model 3 or above. So yeah. uh, I, I, I like the size of the car. I think it's not intimidating. You get no. a lot of big EVs, big cars, and yep. people think, ooh, it's too big for me. This is a nice size. Like I, I remember some my wife, she said, oh, that's a nice little size car. My mother even said, oh, I'd drive that. Yep. So I think it's got a great appeal in terms of the styling. It's not too. It's a nice looking car as well, and and plenty of room. It's it's deceptively roomy inside mm, as well. Yeah. So don't think that this is a small small car. There is plenty of room for five adults easily sit in this car. Yeah, great little car and uh, well worth a look if you're beginning your EV journey. Absolutely, yeah. take a crack at the MG4. 
I think that they can they can knock it out of the park if they can get supply. Uh, they've yeah, really true, just true. got to they've got to meet supply in Australia, and, and they'll be able to do very well. Just to give everyone comfortable as well, if you're used to having CarPlay, Android Auto, you're getting that as well. So tech. in all these cars as well, so the tech is there, uh, and uh, yeah, so I think uh, there's a nice screen in the middle, like 10.5 inch screen, touch screen, little seven inch cluster in front of the driver. Uh, so, yeah, you get more screens on this car than a Model 3. Very good. And uh, we'll, we'll bring you different thoughts and views on different cars each and every week here on Two Blokes Talking Electric Cars. All right, Stephen, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for downloading uh, Two Blokes Talking Electric Cars, proudly brought to you by NRMA Insurance and UDN Smart Dash Cans. We thank them for their foundation support of Two Blokes Talking Electric Cars. Our goal is just to educate and inform yeah. and maybe a little bit of entertainment along the way. We'll do our best there. But, uh, yes, <laughs> we've, been, we've been at this a while, Trevor and I, if you don't know our other podcasts. So we, uh, we're going to try our best every week to give you all the information you need if you are in the market for an EV or you're just curious. Yes, yeah. people want to know more. You might, yeah. in fact, you might not be yeah. at all interested, yeah. but this might quirk your interest might a little. Tip you over. You it might, might be the thing that gives a... you some fodder for that next yeah. argument with someone who's a massive <laughs> EV nerd. Yeah, who knows? But uh, we're happy to be involved. And if you want to get in touch with us, just you search know where to find us. Stephen Fennick, Trevor Long. You yeah. can find us online, and uh, we'll be back next week uh, with two blokes talking electric cars. This is two blokes talking electric cars with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Thanks to NRMA Insurance and Unidan.